things that we get through the day. And I was thinking about a different kind of creation, but instead of creation, it's offering a crumbled world and a part of myself. And that is the new creation in Christ. Do you know what I'm talking about? When God saves a person, he, he, he makes them a new creation. He gives them a new birth. He, they are regenerated. The gift of regeneration is that he, he, may, he will make even people alive better than they were. And that is, in every way, just as miraculous and beautiful and amazing when God does that new birth. And that new birth is what each, every one of us needs. Too often Christianity, too often Christianity Churches are filled with people that have maybe made decisions, prayed prayers, or done they have done religion, but they've never experienced the new birth. And Jesus Christ wants to know if there's anybody who's experienced the new birth in here. Never be too weak to ask that question. So maybe and I think that is not directly about the new birth, but it but the new birth um, should include that. Let's start in prayer. Father, please be with us as we as we talk about your word, we study your word. I pray for the believers faith to believe. I pray that you be with every member, every attender. I pray that you be with everybody that's met with us here today. And others that will be in our rest in the coming weeks, months, and years. But I pray especially for those that are very children right now as they will have their last days as they have their something for them to think about. It is what these lives and I pray that you be with Pastor Ross and Angie. And I pray that you be with the team tonight. I pray that you be with Jason Merritt and Molly and others and Kids Club and Nina. I pray that you would bless this church people. God, I pray that you be with Nina and Casey and those little, little kids and Jesus
One of their observations is it might not be the main point of it, but just like, hey, what about this? And maybe not only observations, but questions. Like if, yeah, like. It does. It doesn't say they fully do or don't believe in them, but it it makes you wonder. It sure doesn't seem like they do.
question that, that we should ask um, there were people who thought that they were saved and in the right right relationship with Jesus or with God and that could be far from the truth um, look with me at seems like it. Not everyone, but what else does it teach us in that? What, what would Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount say beyond that? What, what, what is he saying? Okay. More, and not, we, we know that not everyone will be in heaven. Not everyone family relations do not make you a true disciple. Where do we, how do we see that? How do we see that true physical family relationships do not automatically make a person right with Jesus?
they believed, but the reason why they believed was because in God's grace, it wasn't the will of man ultimately, it was the will of God giving them life, and they believed and they were born again, and then they, they, they were born again unto faith, and they're made alive to God. And so now they have new spiritual eyes, where before they were darkened, they now see. And something new is happening in that day. Something, it's, it's kind of like they, they were, there was a deadness of their old nature, and this spiritual, they're supernaturally be brought to a new life. Now, let's, the second thing I just want to say here is that religious or ceremonial observance does not make you intelligent. What, how do we see that even in this text, the, the passage that we have sitting in front of us now? So we see on one side, blood doesn't do it, doesn't make you saved. Uh, being, being in a family. Uh, but neither does religious ceremonial observances, going to church, tithing, being a Sunday school um, teacher, being an usher, being part of the, being a member of a church, all of that, that doesn't make you a true disciple. Um, I see that, I see the principle of religious or ceremonial observances don't make you a disciple in the text. Where's the example in the text? Who's really religious but isn't there? Isn't spiritually connected to Jesus? The Pharisees, the scribes, the Pharisees. They, they, they call him, they, they blaspheme the Holy Spirit in the text. In the text. And they are Old Testament law keepers in a lot of ways, at least in a, in a more formal way. Formality, but it's not really like a 
what, what other things, maybe props, maybe things that make you go, but what about this? Okay. Now, I think what, this is something that I think is important to do as we're going through Mark. When Jesus talks about a disciple, or in this case, who is my family, who are my brother, who are my, the way he says it here at the end, who is my brother and sister and mother, or, or a disciple, we need to think, this is the same Disciple isn't a category of an elite Christian. If you are saved, you are a disciple. If you are not a disciple, you're not saved. In the in the, in the Bible, a, a true disciple is someone that is following Jesus. They first followed Jesus to be saved by coming to Him in the cross, or accepting what He did on the cross, and then from the cross, having their sins saved, they they followed Him the rest of their life. It doesn't mean they don't sin. They do sin. They do struggle. But, but they have been, and they're bo- they've been born again. They are part of their family. What, at least the way he's talking about this. Okay. So, Jesus says, the mark here is to obey who? What's that? Yes. That's, that's, that's the obedience that saves us. 
but but the the effort towards okay, I want it from the heart obey God and do things He does when He reveals to me in His Word His will. That's not that's not the means of justification. Yes. is by redemption. It's by having been made alive spiritually so that we can start to do this with a new heart. Now, let's look at a few passages. So, I need someone to turn to 1 John 2. Who could turn to 1 John 2? Chapter 1, verse 8, he's going to say, you can, is that, 
sins and says, because he's confessing sin. Oh, if you say to me, you have no sin, you're a liar. You're a liar and the truth is not in you. But then I was first John, I first a mentor in my life told me, he said, John is like the most perfectionistic book and the most imperfectionistic book. And what he meant by that is, like, it says all over, Christians sin, and it says Christians don't sin. And, and, his, and the point, though, is to say, Christians, if you're truly a Christian, it radically makes a difference because you are a child of God and, it, and you have a new being spirit, spiritually. You have a new something going on. There's spiritual DNA that creates certain things that are going to be the characteristic of your father, including caring about sin, fighting sin. He won't go on practicing sin. So, and then this what Bonnie read at the beginning here. He says, I write to you that you do not sin, but if you do sin, you have an advocate with the father. Meaning you're going to sin, but but you, you're not going to be characterized by by letting sin rule all over. Instead, you're going to be characterized by obedience. So a disciple, a Christian, is characterized by obedience. They're going to struggle. They're going to dis- sin is disobedience. They will disobey. But they're going to be newly characterized. It's a trait. But it's a trait because at the very root level, so at the tree, like using an analogy of a tree, the, the whole root system has been reworking. There's a new creation happening producing a new type of fruit, not the old fruit of the flesh, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our life. First um, John 5, 3 through 4, John. Secondly, obedience requires, this is 
is necessarily directly in the text, but obedience of any of the characters. What to obey God, really to obey anybody. So, like, how many of you would love to go to work and start a new job? And a younger than you employee that you're technically your boss walk, walks up to you and says, "Hey, how about you obey me?" I mean, how are you feeling emotionally at that moment? They said, I want you to obey me. Not that I care, right? <laughs> Annoyed. Who is this punk? Um, and, and almost if anybody says, obey me, we have this like, no, I'm an American. We don't obey. We're Americans. We're, give me liberty or give me death. Say you're in a job and you see this punk. You don't trust this punk that just told you to obey, but you're like, go. I trust that it's better to obey, so I don't get fired, or I can make it through this day, than to just blow him off. So you at least trust something. You might not be trusting him, but you're trusting something. Maybe a system. Maybe you were promised by a boss, and you just know you got to endure it to that day, or something like that. I got to make some money. So surrender. I think. What, what do you mean by surrender?
the, the old man is the fight that the hard part. Where does this hard get congruent testimony? Where does that congruent testimony in our day from the hard come from? Yeah, the Holy Spirit. So where did you get the Holy Spirit? How does that relate to the new birth?
good pieces is with the woman at the well. They said, has anybody brought him something to eat? And she said to them, my student can do the will of him who sent me and finish what he started. So when he did Friday's, and then the lady did the Sunday, and then he did Monday and Tuesday, that he suffered and that he made purpose and became the first and finished by the end of the Pretty big deal. It's 